Welcome to the Student Life Update for November 6th. It's a staff meeting where you get to decide whether or not to laugh at the boss's jokes. <laughs> Except for you, Michelle. Uh, you, you're really you, funny, though. You you still have to laugh <laughs> you're because funny. you're in the room. I'm John Sampson. I'm here with Michelle Lang. Hello. This week, we get to pick up on another piece of our interview with Dr. Eileen Holm, where she talks about what it really looks like to challenge our assumptions and think differently about the work we do in student affairs. So last time, back in episode... Five, she introduced uh, why challenging the process and asking good questions was central. So now we're actually going to talk about how we think about our programming and whether business is a sign of success or just gets in the way. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, I, I'm curious, Michelle. Yes. It's the week after Halloween. So I it think is? the pressing question at this point is Christmas. Is it too early or, or not? Is it, is it time for Christmas yet? Oh, no, but, okay, I understand why, like, the stores have to get all the stuff out, the trees and the decorations, because people like me need prompts to remind me, <laughs> oh, yeah, you need to, like, decide when you're going to make those desserts and if you're going to have a party and da 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 So I get why stores have to do it, but I actually saw somebody on Facebook yesterday that had their Christmas tree up, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, no, it's not, no, mm-mm, no. Now, but what about all these songs? I mean, there, there's there's this whole section of songs that only get to be played for a twelfth of the year. Why not push that to one sixth of the year? Why can't we push it up a month? Yeah. just to enjoy the music. Yeah, we're well, doing holiday math now, and I don't think that's fair. <laughs> but <laughs> I hear that as the I hear that. But like, do you? I don't want to hear "Here Comes Santa Claus" on November first. I don't want to hear that. I, this is what I think. I think. Christmas starts when Santa Claus crosses my TV screen at the Macy's Day Parade. Hmm. That's when Christmas starts. When he, yeah. that's when it starts. I actually do think I, I agree with you. I think each season needs its own. I, yeah. I mean, you know, you're you're holding a Starbucks uh, beverage, and I and I think we can actually not that Starbucks leads this, but I think we can look at. You need the season for each beverage. We just finished the zombie frappuccino season. Did you mm-hmm. see they, they I had did those? See that. That's I don't like know if sugar that's, in a cup. Basically. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> now we're in the pumpkin spice season, right? And then later you get the peppermint mocha season. And you get the eggnog. Yeah, you get the eggnog season. And I think that needs to have a One moment. season at a time. Yeah, not three. So either way, we're in a season of gratitude and celebration. And in some ways, I heard someone describe Halloween to their kids as this uh, holiday celebrating generosity where you go from house to house and people give away candy, oh. which I thought was kind of kind of a That's cool nice. way to frame it. That's nice. Um, and then we enter into this season of gratitude and then celebration. Um, and so actually, I was just thinking about that we have we have a lot of uh, great things happening on campus. And I just want to highlight a couple. One, uh, about a week ago, I was on campus in the evening and was kind of wandering through different spaces and saw Matt Gregg working with the women's basketball team. And he was reading through uh, the GPAs of their team and they were, and they were, uh, you know, cheering for those, awesome. for those GPAs, um, yeah. you know, just, just the numbers, not tying it to individual students, but just, just, just celebrating the, yeah. the grades. And they well also, done, coach. And, and, and they also read a thank you note from Teresa for helping, uh, for the team helping out with the digital tour. I know others, others do the same, you know, Matt was the one I saw, but I'm, I'm really grateful for the support and encouragement our student athletes receive, um, and for the coaches who emphasize that holistic experience of our students. And I know yeah. that that happens all over campus. Yeah. 
and it often goes unseen. So I'm, I'm just grateful for the work that's happening there. Also, uh, you know, a, the ADP program received a, a note recently from a student about kind of a success story. I'll, I just want to read a part of this, but it says, uh, during my math class, I was going through a personal crisis. I wanted to quit the class. I thought I was going to lose my mind, but with your encouragement, I got a math tutor. I ended up getting an A minus in the class. Wow. It was a struggle all the way through, but my tutor stood by my side. I'm ever so patient and available, meeting with me on weekends, sometimes up to six hours straight. Wow. You have the best tutors and faculty. And I'm returning next week, excited as ever. I look forward to meeting my new classmates and getting my degree at WPC. Thank you so much. Much love for you all. Wow. Uh, to and for you all. So um, there, there's just these pieces of the work we do across different areas of campus, whether it be in programs and athletics and academic success. It's really impacting lives. And we just want to celebrate that and be excited about that. Yeah, big time. Good job, y'all. So what is coming up this week, Michelle? We do have events, events, events. First of all, um, don't forget to get your photo taken um, for the faculty and staff photos. I think uh, a link went out on a recent sign post, so make sure you go back to that. Click the link and pick a day to get your picture picked. On Tuesday, November 7th, there is a career seminar, How to Get Rid of Interview Anxiety. It's presented by Ann Chu in the library. It's at 1215 to 1 o'clock, so don't miss out on that. Definitely don't miss out on the pie baking contest happening on Wednesday the 8th. And then on Thursday the 9th, it's a pretty standout day. It's preview day. Um, So we'll have some guests walking around our beautiful landscape. Uh, Also, the theater department's production of Dear Elizabeth will have their opening night, and it runs through Sunday. Uh, Then there will be a churros truck out in the parking lot. You cannot beat that. All you care to eat. Churros. We have a nice... um, workout center for <laughs> for you directly after all you eat but don't worry about that go to the churros truck from 5 30 to 7 30 um and get some churros i think it's three dollars for all you can eat and um we believe our students will eat for free you can just uh work out get churros work out get chur- it's like a churros and yeah. workout rotation yeah it's easy. I think that's great. There's, there's, ways to, there's ways to deal with this. Um, all weekend long, we have games. There's Friday Arts in McGuire at 1 p.m. Most of the basketball games look like they're away. Um, and then Sunday, we have men's wrestling uh, in Forest Grove, Oregon. So there you go. Awesome. Lots of stuff. Now let's uh, pick up our conversation with Dr. Eileen Holmes. So just as a recap, she's a professor of edu- higher education a consultant, and a former VP of Student Life at multiple institutions. So this week we're going to talk about how to practically challenge assumptions and how that's, that may be different than being busy. So here's Dr. Eileen Holm. So sometimes I think it feels like in that, in that time of challenging assumptions, like that sounds great, but I've already, I'm already behind on my to-do list. And oh, so, so, you know, true. like in the four disciplines of execution, you know, it, it talks about the whirlwind and how do we get beyond that how do we how do we integrate challenging assumptions into the day-to-day when there's already a student crisis and students lined up for this or that or games to plan or you know any Mm -hmm. of the any of that work well i think what's really important is that you don't challenge too many assumptions um, quite frankly, yeah. because it's hard work. It's hard time-wise. It's hard emotionally. It's hard on a lot of different levels, right? So if you were going to challenge, I keep using the RA as the example, but if you were going to challenge why do we do RAs, you wouldn't want to challenge why do we do RAs? Why do we live in residence halls? Why do we have single sex? You know, you don't, yeah. don't want to challenge everything. You just You just take the one that seems like it might be fertile ground for some new thinking. 
um, and you just think along that line. And also with adaptive thinking, we're used to one-hit wonders. Like we have a meeting, we adaptively think, and we leave, <laughs> right? And it doesn't happen that way either. Adaptive thinking is like onions. You're peeling off the layers and layers and layers. So when you've got this big, long list of things that you got to do and this, this urgency, peeling off the layers can be really hard because we just want to solve it so that we can go to the next one. Um, so I think that that's part of it is just biting off small pieces of it at first and peeling off the layers and being patient with the process as you go along. But if you don't make it a priority, you will never get to peeling off the layers of the onion. And this is what I see across the United States is in student affairs, we have founded our importance on our busyness. Right? How are you? I'm busy. I'm so busy. I can't believe how busy I am. Got to work all weekend. It's busy, busy, busy. And that's how we began to kind of define our identity in the university. Um, and I say, we've got to stop doing some things. We've got to, what Peter Drucker calls planned abandonment. We've got to say, you know, we, we could have 18 programs, but we're going to stop six of them because they don't seem to be having the same Im impact. Or, you know, we could be doing this for students, and it seems like it's good and they like it. I remember when I was at Baylor, <clears throat> we did this summer program, and, you know, I told my staff when we started it that we had to reach a certain number of people coming mm -hmm. or we were going to end it. And um, after three, I said, we're going to give it three years. And after three years, we weren't at that number. We were... You know, we were fairly close, but we weren't at that number. So I was really ready to, to shut it down and to say, because sometimes, the, and my staff would say, well, the people that are coming are having such a great experience. I'm like, yeah, but there's thousands that aren't coming, right? And we're spending all of our time on this really, really small amount when 80% of the university is not taking advantage of anything that we do. So I think we have to be really careful um, in student affairs that our busyness is not just busyness with the 20% and that we don't find our identity in the busyness because that creates a wall to really ever doing adaptive thinking. Yeah. Now I want to swerve, but get back to this because okay. something you yeah. said, I sense people listening, asking, but <laughs> yeah, please. so you talk about that thing that's impacting a group of students deeply, but maybe not broadly. Is there space though to say, no, this, this is about depth or is it Absolutely. breadth in programming or, or how do, how do we measure some of that sometimes? Because it sometimes seems like it's about numbers, but then... Right. Is no, it's else? a great question. I mean, I would highly recommend your staff reading one of these books, and that is The Shallows by Carr mm -hmm. and uh, Deep Work by Newport. Yeah. Okay? Because both of those are talking about the same phenomena in a little different way, and that is the way information is coming to us is making us an inch deep and a mile wide, and we're missing the depth. And And I th happen to think that it's it's in the depth that we really nourish our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to 18, you know, different programs, but it's actually that, that deep or having that spiritual director or mentor that helps you go deep. So I under, you know, I understand that, and I understand things like the counseling center. You're not going to go broad in the counseling center. You're going to go deep. In, in chapel, you're not going to go. But I think it is about really asking ourselves: um, Is this a program that could be expanded in some different kinds of ways, using different kind of technologies or different types of, of modalities, and that not all of our programs are just us working with the 
five or ten. Because what happens is we all work with the same 20 people, right? They go deep with six people on our staff, okay? And if you ever just really tracked it and said, uh, and you guys are the size of institution where I'm sure you, you know a certain amount about every student that comes here, which is really beneficial. But it is asking, or do we have enough touches with each one of those people? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as you get a little bit larger, the biggest problem I think we have is that we just keep singing to the choir. This one person goes deep with six people. And yeah, it's a great experience. But then we have, you know, Joe and Susie who don't come out of their residence hall room, that don't go to that activity. They're paying the same amount of money. You know, they need the same amount of help. They need the same amount of mentoring. But we never see them because we're so deep with just a certain group. So I would say yes on the going deep. There are times where that has to be, and it's appropriate, and I support it completely. But I think that it's like everything else. We need to sit back and question, you know, are we going deep with everybody? Yeah. And, and who, gets to be, who gets to go deep? And then um, is there a better way to do that would, that would, that would actually impact uh, more students? Because I, I get the fact, you know, John, that, that Jesus had 12 disciples, you know, mm-hmm. I, I get that fact. But he didn't leave it at 12 disciples, right? He still, he still fed the multitudes, okay? And sometimes I feel like we leave it at the 12 disciples, and we, and we don't really think enough about how do we, how do we feed all. Man, she's like a sensei. <laughs> She's she's awesome. I've uh, I've listened to parts of this interview and in, in chopping it up and preparing it, uh, you know, five or six times now. And but I I just really appreciate some of this. I just want to keep going back and listening to because we lose some of this in the day to day. You know, just stepping back yeah. and seeing those priorities, mm-hmm. thinking about what what's really going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. it's I think it's key for us to reflect on as as a team and individually. Yeah. First of all, I thought you were going a little urban in your language right there when you said chopping it up because that means talking. But you were actually talking about editing. So, <laughs> but you know, good for a minute, I had you on the block when we were chopping it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I did, so much she just said is so important for us to really pay attention to. If you didn't catch those books, she said "The Shallows" by Carr and "Deep Work" by Newport. I think we should really look into how we can uh, maybe squeeze those in to having some deeper understanding of what she's saying, because I think it's so important. Mm-hmm. I really think a lot of this is about, you know, just, just the term courageous leadership mm-hmm. comes to mind as, as we think about some of this. Just, just that idea of we're so used to the one-hit wonder, going into a meeting, thinking adaptively and creatively, and then moving on, but just how this is a process of mm-hmm. peeling back layers, um, you know, making hard decisions about what's really working, what's, what's impacting majority of students, mm-hmm. or how do we have a series of events and programs that are serving a broad array of yeah. students so yeah. that so that we aren't all you know just spending all of our time with the same with the same 10 students 10 yeah. students yeah, yeah without a doubt the other thing she said that i really um gravitated towards was um the try something and give it time like yeah. give it time i used to work at a large organization which i will not name um and they would try something and then if it didn't work in one year scrap it let's try something else Mm -hmm. and i would always say you got to give some things time give some things time to figure out how you know what's the best way in this and how's how are how is what we're doing working or not um and then just keep working the work i think that's important and the issue part was it was give it time but also at a point decide you know kind of that let's give it three years so like maybe not six months but also not a decade right you know we have to kind of find that right 
in between space. Right. right. That's good. Well, thank you all for joining us. Um, we are grateful for the the work that you do, and I'm and I'm grateful that you choose to engage in our learning together and thinking about this together because I think it really is key. So we will see you back here next week. Peace out.